walks in and heads turn. Everyone knows that she's the one. You can't get next to her, even if you tried. From robot dogs to real-life horses on the catwalk, welcome to France 24's culture show dedicated today to Paris Fashion Week's fall winter collections. Now joining me on set is Jennifer Benbrahim from our culture desk. She'll be taking us through the last week of shows. Jenny, tell us more. Well, I have to say, Deep Team, this is definitely a more subdued set of shows, a dramatic shift from the usual sort of, you know, big shows we're used to seeing. Um, and not very many stars actually turned out uh, for the front row. I mean, a real sign of this was there was not a single Kardashian on the front row. <laughs> what what is a going scandal. On? I know, what scandal. Now, is this a reflection of the tumultuous times we're living in or are we finally seeing a bit of a social media fatigue towards Paris Fashion Week? Probably a bit of both, I would say, but that's just my personal opinion. There was one show, though, that did manage to lure in the big names, the celebrities, and uh, that was the Chanel show, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think it's pretty hard to turn down a Chanel invite. I mean, I wouldn't know, but you know, one day. <laughs> Nor uh, would I. Yeah. Well, Chanel actually kicked off the last day of the fashion season, and the star of the show was the iconic Camellia Flower. Now, this was a favourite flower of Coco Chanel, uh, and it adorned not only the clothes, but was also the centrepiece of the set, as you can see in those images uh, next to us. Now, the clothes were actually pretty minimalistic, with a masculine twist, and um, pretty nostalgic, referencing the 60s and the 70s. Let's take a look at some images from the show. Well, Jenny, uh, nostalgia was very much a recurrent theme in other collections at Paris Fashion Week as well. That's right. Now, this includes the Saint Laurent show, which saw models uh, strutting down a chandelier-lined runway. And it was kind of reminiscent of the Intercontinental Hotel uh, back in the 70s. And that was a favourite location for Yves Saint Laurent for his haute couture collections. Now, understanding the past... Uh, to understand the future. That was a message behind Olivier Houstin's latest collection for the fashion house Balmain. Now, uh, it was a much more scaled back affair. I don't know if you remember, but last year he threw this like rock concert with the icon Cher, like strutting down the yeah, runway. I remember that one, yeah. Now he decided to focus this time on the founding principles of uh, Pierre Balmain, uh, that being quality and timelessness. Now the model strutted down the runway to the song My Way by Frank Sinatra. And it was really meant to signify a new chapter, a new Olivier Houstin. However, hours later, he actually had to go on to social media and clarify this was not his way of saying he was leaving. All, all was good. He was staying at, at Balmain. All right. Well, uh, Dior also sifted through their archives, seeking inspiration from the 1950s for their show. Yeah, and creative director of Dior, uh, Maria Grazia Curie's latest collection was, as you were saying, inspired by the 50s. But she really put a modern uh, feminist twist uh, to the collection. What I really loved was that she highlighted three women uh, from that era in this collection, uh, the first one being Dior's sister, Catherine Dior, uh, as well as singer and actress, uh, Juliette Greco, and a singer who needs no introduction, uh, Edith Piaf. Now, to, uh, for Maria Grazia Curie, uh, she feels that these are uh, were really the forerunners of feminism. So let's actually hear from designer on her choice of decade of the 1950s. Take a listen. Completely different idea that we have of 50, especially for me, because I understood that I look all the time American films. Europe um, went 
from the Second War, so these women as uh, to rebuild their life. Uh, I think for the time that was incredible because uh, they try really to realize themselves with their art. On that nostalgic note that you've been talking about, there's a new fashion exhibition in Paris that is also taking us back into time to a decade uh, that's very personal to me. It's also very omnipresent right now. It's the 90s. Tell us more about this exhibition. That's right, Dietschy. It's really an exhibition for the 90s babies like us. <laughs> uh, now, 1997, Fashion Big Bang at the Palais Galliaha seeks to answer a very important question. Was 1997 really the it year in fashion? Uh, Loïc Chalavant and I went to check it out. From Gianni Versace to his muse, Princess Diana, 1997 was a year marked by deaths in the world of fashion. Images projected in fashion photos in the last few years have made heroin addiction seem glamorous and sexy and cool. You do not need to glamorize addiction to sell clothes. The overdose of rising star photographer David Sorrenti at just 20 years old was the death knell for the controversial heroin chic era. His mother, Francesca Sorrenti, wrote an open letter to all fashion editors to ask them to stop celebrating this aesthetic, which was an aesthetic championed by her son in his photographs. And this was the first time that a US president asked the fashion industry to be self-aware and to be accountable for their behavior, especially their impact on young people at a time when drugs were a real issue. A new exhibition at Paris's Palais Galliera Museum looks at how such seismic events in 1997 changed fashion forever. Parisian chic with a serving of London cool, 1997 was the year of the British invasion. From Stella McCartney at Chloé to Alexandra McQueen at Givenchy and John Galliano at Dior. It was also the rebirth of a dying industry, haute couture. From over 200 couturiers in 1946 to just 15 by late 1996, an electric shock was needed to bring in a new clientele. The appointment of John Galliano at Dior and then McQueen at Givenchy was a monumental turning point. It signalled the return of the industry, thanks to their spectacular runway shows. It would thus encourage Jean-Paul Gaultier to take the lead and showcase his first haute couture collection. This led to a 30% rise in the number of journalists seeking accreditation that week. This was the beginning of fashion entering the world of pop culture. The crossroads of fashion and pop culture did not stop there from Jean-Paul Gaultier's futuristic designs for blockbuster The Fifth Element, to an unlikely fashion muse for French designer Jean-Charles de Castelbajac, The Pope. Fashion in 1997 acted as a form of social commentary. The announcement in 1996 of the successful cloning of Dolly the Sheep in Scotland created a form of anxiety around the world in terms of the future and evolution of the human body. We saw this in collections such as by Comme des Garçons as well as Jeremy Scott's first collection in 1997 called Body Modification. The legacy of 1997 lives on, notably with Fendi baguette bag. Beloved by Carrie Bradshaw and Sex in the City, the pilot filmed in, you guessed it, 1997. This original It bag has just celebrated its 25th anniversary. 
You can check out that exhibition 1997 Fashion Big Bang at Palais Galliera in Paris until July 16th. Now, Jenny, uh, back to Paris Fashion Week now and the enduring legacy of two iconic designers. That's right. It's just been over two months since uh, the death of fashion pioneer uh, Vivian Westwood. Now, designer uh, Andreas uh, Krontaler uh, presented this homage to his late wife, and it was full of her trademark punk pieces. Now, a particularly poignant moment uh, was near the end of the show when Westwood's granddaughter closed the show in the ceremonial last look, The Bride. Uh, now, a host of celebrities turned out to uh, pay tribute to Vivian Westwood. Take a listen. Anybody who's ever put a safety pin in a shirt owes her a debt uh, to, you know, for encouraging us to think differently. I feel like she really championed like being a weirdo and just like being kind of an outsider. Uh, you see uh, impertinent and re uh, rebellion, a way of also like we, we to play with the structure of the clothes, uh, a lot of admiration. She's really like a, one queen of, the queen of English fashion. Now, we also said goodbye to the eccentric Spanish designer Paco Rabanne, who died just a month ago at age 88. Now, designer uh, Julian Dussena, who actually never met uh, Paco Rabanne like, when he was alive, uh, decided to pay homage to Rabanne's friendship with uh, artist Salvador Dali, and the result was, as you can imagine, pretty surrealist. But there was, of course, a few of Rabanne's trademark futuristic uh, metal minis that uh, went down the runway there. So mixing homage with the past with the future, in a way, Jenny. Um, it wasn't all about taking a trip down memory lane this season. It was indeed also about looking forward, wasn't it? Yeah, and a really a bit like a rocket blast into the future, you could say. Now, that, that was especially the case for the latest collection uh, of avant-garde Japanese brand uh, Enrilage. Um, and it, where the designer uh, Kunihiko Morinaga calls himself actually a scientist of fashion. <laughs> now the models walked out two by two uh, in quite classic um, ordinary style clothing that soon transformed thanks to the wonders of technology, specifically photochromic materials. And as you can imagine, this was an absolute viral sensation that sent the TikTokers crazy. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, well, speaking of going viral, fa uh, French fashion house uh, Caperni uh, was back with more tricks this year. I don't know if you remember, but last year uh, they really broke the internet uh, where they quite literally sprayed a dress onto the body of Bella Hadid. And I kind of thought to myself, how could they top this? Well, <laughs> the answer to each is big yellow robot dogs. It was a very unlikely collaboration between uh, the French fashion duo and the Boston Dynamics Spot the Dog. And it saw the models and the robots interact on the runway. Uh, now, the collection was also inspired by uh, Jean de La Fontaine's The Wolf and the Lamb fable, but with, in my opinion, a bit more of a positive take, uh, you know, that mankind and machine can actually live together. Now, many questioned whether this was just another gimmick uh, by the fashion house, but actually it's important to remember that Coperni have always had this fascination with futurism and blending fashion with technology. So, well, C Coperni were, were not the only ones to feature animals in their show. Stella McCartney put on a show at one of France's oldest riding schools, the École Militaire in Paris. Well, no disrespect to Coperni, but Stella McCartney managed to wrangle some real-life animals, <laughs> some real horses, on the runway. Now, seven beautiful white horses were left relatively to their own devices, except for later on when uh, a horse whisperer came and kind of choreographed them. Uh, now, Stella McCartney is famously a vegan and believes strongly in the relationship between uh, humans and animals, just like her late mother, Linda, who in fact uh, also bred horses. Now, Stella is a keen horse rider, so it does 
show that you can actually mix uh, business and pleasure at Ab times. Absolutely, Jenny. And she really is, you know, the OG of the vegan fashion movement, never having just paid lip service to vegan fashion. I mean, that's right. And the proof of this year's collection uh, even featured boots and bags made of apples, grapes, and even mushrooms. Well, that sounds really yummy, actually, mm -hmm. I must say. Well, thank you so much for that, Jenny. We'll, uh, let's leave you with images now from the Stella McCartney show that Jenny was talking about. Remember, you can catch more arts and culture on our website, france24.com, and also on our social media. Uh, do stay with us. There's more news coming up after this on France 24. and I'm the France 24 correspondent in New Delhi. I cover news from India and other countries in South Asia. Catch me on our news bulletins from the region. Mandakini Gallet, one of the 200 France 24 correspondents around the world. War has once more reared its head in Europe, recalling the darkest hours of our history. Kiev is still about 30 kilometers away. France 24 is providing constant coverage of events in Ukraine. Our teams on the ground and in the studio will keep you informed of all the latest developments. Stay informed, stay aware. Liberté, égalité, actualité.